0: the Game of Crowdfunding, interview edition. Recorded Wednesday, January 7th, 2015. Yeah, I thought I'd probably screw that up as well since it's the first one I've done in 2015. But luckily I didn't. And even if I did, you wouldn't know, because editing! I am back with another interview. I am calling this the Game of Crowdfunding. You know, this is... We're not going to be talking to somebody who's necessarily... Uh, doing a crowdfunding project themselves, but they work with a lot of people that do crowdfunding, and I think this is a good resource for other people to potentially know about, especially on the indie game side and if they are thinking about crowdfunding. So, with that, who is joining me on Skype tonight? Hey, guys, Happy New Year. This is Matt Holden.
1: I'm the Executive Director of the Indie Game Alliance.
0: Indie Game Alliance... If that sounds familiar, of course, if you listen to the Road to Relaunch, Doug and I have talked about the Indie Game Alliance off and on. If you heard one of my guest spots on on on-board games, at one point I brought up Indie Game Alliance as a uh, company I was kind of watching and very interested in uh, in in general for the indie game scene and what they're bringing to it. So luckily, we're going to have a conversation tonight about it. Matt and I have been trying to have this interview for a while and it's finally happening. So, hey, welcome. Thanks for joining me tonight. Thanks. Yeah, it's,
1: uh, it took us took us a minute to get a hold of you, but you're a pretty popular guy. So eh.
0: depends on who you ask. And usually you have to ask twice. <laughs> We're going to be talking about what Indie Game Alliance is bringing to the table and uh, how that came about and how that got started, all that good stuff. So the question's probably be a little bit different than you guys are used to hearing me, uh, ask, but I don't think by much because I think there's some parallels that I'll I'll get into. Uh, but of course we have the warm-up questions that I like to ask. So Matt, are you ready for the hardest test you've probably taken tonight? Uh, I haven't studied, so, you know, you have to grade me on a curve, but yeah. Well, don't worry. I'm, I'll be part of the curve and you'll come out just fine. All right. <laughs> All right. So one of the questions that we like to ask is what makes you a geek, sir? Well, uh, I mean, I've been a geek since
1: God, since I was four, uh, I used to fight with my older brother over his star Wars figurines, you know, and when I was five, he got himself a Commodore 64. My parents thought I was going to play video games and I used it to keep a database of my GI Joe men. This is, this is true. I'm never getting a date again after saying that, but it happened. <laughs> and, uh, I've always wanted to work in video games. And uh, when I was in college, I went to uh, Full Sail University for game design. And one of the instructors I had was Dave Arneson, who co-created Dungeons and Dragons. And he, we had a class with him where he tried to teach us about tabletop and how kind of the same concepts that work in video games as far as designing good games come from tabletop, too. And that class got me so reignited into tabletop that I haven't really looked back since.
0: Nice the other question that we kind of like to ask that kind of goes along with that one. We always like to point out that you can really geek out about anything. Uh, and it doesn't have to be what most people would quote unquote call a geek. So do you have any geek level passions for things that maybe the, uh, average person would not consider geek related?
1: Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, most, (laughs) most of my, uh, most of my geekery is, is pretty, uh, Pretty standard fare, uh, big into sci-fi, big into fantasy, big into tabletop and art and role playing. Uh, I do collect old uh, video game consoles, so that's uh, at least, you know, an exp- that's my most expensive uh, <laughs> geek habit, at least.
0: That's a legitimate answer, too. It's To say that, uh, you know what, all of my geek passions are geek- geeky in some form or fashion is uh, not an unacceptable answer and not the first time we've heard it either, so... <laughs> All right, so there we go. We're all warmed up and ready to go. So now uh, that I've got you here, let's have this conversation around Indie Game Alliance. When I was on Onboard Games, I had mentioned that this was uh, something that I was watching and was very interested to see how you guys took off and how you spread and the people that you would attract. So before we get to where you are today, how about, uh, what made you decide Indie Game Alliance was something that was needed, first of all? Well, it's kind of an interesting sort of tale.
1: I was working as a volunteer rep for a, uh, for one of the larger game companies out there. I did that for a few months. And while it was cool, I don't know, there were some, there were some areas where I felt it could use improvement, whatever else like this. And ultimately, I decided that, uh, I wanted to kind of try something new. And I reached out to uh, Brother Wise Games, who make Boss Monster, and spoke with Johnny and Chris O'Neill uh, at length about building a program for them. And the hang-up we had was basically, well, what do you give somebody as a reward? Because if they went out and demo Boss Monster a whole bunch... The only thing Brotherwise had to offer was more copies of Boss Monster because that's the only game they had. So then I got to thinking, well, lots of small companies are in the same boat that Brotherwise was in, which was that they've got a great game, but they, they don't have the the catalog to support that kind of a, of a thing like the, the company I'd been working with. So then I had the bright idea, well, what if we added a second or a third company? And they agreed that was a good idea. And, well, we've done a little more than that, a second and third company Mm -hmm. now. But the idea was basically that with many studios working together, contributing what they could, uh, that we could build an organization that would at least stand pretty respectably next to some of the larger organizations and give indie guys who might not otherwise have that sort of opportunity kind of a chance to get their five minutes on the stage, too, and kind of not be lost in the noise, especially now that we've got you know Days of Wonder being bought and Fantasy Flight and all that other stuff kind of merging into one kind of conglomerate there, which is cool. They can do their thing. But every time that happens, the microphone for smaller guys gets a little bit smaller. And so we try to be somebody that's kind of big enough to be noticed that can speak for them.
0: Let's take even just a a slight step back from that. I mean, that's the overall concept and kind of where you started. But again, I am kind of really interested in what made you decide that this was a route you wanted to take. I mean, where, where were you? I mean, were you in the gaming industry already at all, or you, what brought you down this path? Are you talking about when I first started demoing or when I started the Alliance? Uh, when you started, when you were going to start the Alliance or when it was even just kind of a, a, a starting notion Uh, Where were you as far as like even even with like the gaming industry or anything
1: like that? Well, you know, when I graduated from Full sale, my grand plan was I was going to go get a job at some big video game company and I was going to do that for the rest of my life. You know, I was trying to interview whatever else. My dad had a stroke. And when that happened, I basically couldn't leave Florida. And the downside of that is that there are basically no video game companies in Florida. And so I've been doing a lot of, you know, day jobs, programming, picking stuff up, whenever I could. And I saw volunteerism and doing the, the demos as a way to kind of get into the game industry because I missed it terribly. And it was an opportunity for me to just be even tangentially involved and, you know, just kind of feel like it. I was, you know, I was still part of the community a little bit. And the the response to it has done that and so much more. I couldn't look back from it now.
0: Yeah. And that was kind of maybe one of the things I was going to lead into as well, because, you know, you were talking about how you approached Brotherwise and then said, okay, well, what if we add one or two more companies? So from then to now, which you've got a lot of companies, and of course, you know, like we talked before we started recording, we'll we'll talk that number and, and see if it grows before I put this out. <laughs> but back then, when you were talking to Brother Wise and maybe thinking about approaching another company or two, did you see today?
1: No, what I saw was we fell short of the mark in some places. We fell uh, higher than the mark in a lot of other places. Uh, I wouldn't trade it, but uh, the the plan was that the Brother Wise and I decided we're going to go ahead. Uh, it was April 25th of last year. And the goal was that I was going to go into Gen Con. If I had five companies on our roster going into Gen Con, I felt like we had a chance to make it. The number was actually 63. <laughs> and it went up by about a dozen that week. So we did not expect, frankly, I didn't realize how many indies out there were out there. And I felt that the fact that, I was actively trying to find these people and I didn't know there was that many just reinforced that much more to me that these people need a megaphone. Because if I was looking for them and I couldn't find them, you know,
0: before we get too much farther into this, because this is pretty much the focal point of our conversation How about we go into, we talked a little bit about how you you started it up and what the idea behind starting it up is, but why don't you you go ahead and say, like, give your elevator pitch for what Indie Game Alliance is and maybe real quickly some of the services that you provide.
1: Absolutely. So what we try to be at the heart of everything is a team of small companies that, interact as one so the way we do that we built a team of volunteers that's growing all the time that go to demos uh, at stores conventions we got one guy that demos at a panera bread you know any place that we can find somebody who wants to play games we're able to do that because like i said with multiple studios we can coordinate so somebody can go demo a boss monster earn some reward credits and use those reward credits to go get gothic doctor or some other game uh, that's an alliance member as well we try to bring the community together so we'll have a lot of situation uh where somebody'll be coming in that's getting ready to do a Kickstarter and he'll be like i have a question about eu shipping or whatever else like this and we hook them up with other studios that we that are members as well that have been through it that have you know, that have said, well, I, I went and got 60 different quotes and this is the best one. And, and we're trying to give people advice for things like that. We do a lot of things like matching up artists with, uh, with designers who are reliable and, and affordable. One of the things we're hoping to get into, uh, a little more, uh, starting with, uh, 2015 is actually not just demoing in stores, but doing distribution at stores for smaller companies that, uh, have trouble getting into distribution and, we're doing a lot of things like helping people sell like Kickstarter leftovers and so forth. When they, you know, when they made a thousand, they had 15, they had, you know, they had 500 backers and now they've got 400 copies of the game sitting in their bathroom. They're trying to move. We've had that happen.
0: Uh, <laughs> I,
1: I have no doubts. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we're, uh, you know, we, we, we try to be kind of a general, you know, if you need it, we'll do it. Kind of uh, kind of thing, because, you know, we're, we're a team and literally once a week we get asked something we'd never been asked before. And we have to put our heads together and figure out, can we do it? Can we help them do it? Do we know somebody who knows how to do that? That kind of stuff. You know, so we, we've done a little, We've actually even gotten into, into the game design process itself a few times. We worked with the studio not that long ago and and kind of helped him uh, with some balancing stuff. Uh, our team does play testing for people. So, uh, you know, we, we, we try to kind of be. I think in our purest form, we try to be in a situation where you design the game and we do everything else.
0: You've mentioned team quite a few times, and I know you have studio members and I know you have uh, demoers, but Core Indie Game Alliance, what what is the makeup on that right now?
1: Well, there's me. I do uh, a lot of the programming. We try to do as much as we can in software so because we don't have as many people as, we, you know, as one might like. So I do that. I do most of our consulting for game design and also for Kickstarter. I do playtesting. I actually go out myself and run demos here in in the Clearwater, Florida area. Uh, And I also go to as many shows as I can possibly do. We have my fiance, Rebecca, who's our director of operations. And she handles things like getting studios set up, helping them with their initial contact. She does coordination with minions to help get them set up to go to trade shows, make sure they get their reimbursements like they're supposed to things like that uh we also are bringing on a full-time copy editor well not full-time but a, a primarily copy editor who uh she's got some journalism experience and will be coming on to help people with things like getting their manuals up to snuff uh stuff like that we've got two minions that are helping me out on the programming side and the testing side and graphics which we always need so it's it's growing you know in a perfect world i'd have a hundred people and i could uh you know and maybe one day we'll we'll get to that point that we can be some you know Megalo organization. But, you know, for now, we're wearing a lot of hats.
0: And let's go ahead and and do the number thing. So how many studios are currently a part of Indie Game Alliance?
1: Okay. Now, as I say this, bear in mind, I'm recording this on January 7th and we've had three (laughs) studios join in 2015 so far. So right now the number is at 135 different studios. Some number of those are designers, some are publishers, some are both. We have had situations where an, an alliance designer has been match made to an alliance publisher, which is pretty cool.
0: So yeah, we're uh, we're growing all the time. And for the studio side of things, I mean, what what does that mean for them to be a member right now? It's I know you kind of said you guys try to be kind of an everything or whatever's needed for every studio, but I also know that you have kind of like a tiered service level as well. Uh, So what what does that mean, I guess, to a studio? The majority of our
1: customers, our studios come on at our free level, which is generally pretty affordable. And what we offer with that is you get access to our minions, which means that you've got a network of 130 some odd people as of this moment who are on five continents, who are willing to do demos, who are willing to do reviews in some cases, they do a lot of evangelism on social media for people. Uh, they go to cons whenever they can, which is good because there, there's no small studio that could afford to go to every little con all over the country. But a whole team of people that each go to the two local cons in their area, you can cover a lot of a lot of ground there. So we do that. We offer every time you get a demo, you get a demo. Uh, we're going to be sending out emails to people, letting them know that's something I was literally programming an hour ago. So we'll be, uh, we'll be doing that sort of thing. Uh, we also do provide the consulting. We usually, it, you know, it's it's like kind of like free to a point, you know, and, until it gets to a point that it's, you know, 30, 40, 50 hours and stuff. Then we start talking about it. And then we have our tiered services, which you mentioned. The cheapest tiered service we have is five bucks a month. So it's cheaper than a Starbucks. And with that, you get access to a group of people within our minion team that are trained as playtesters. Many of them are designers themselves. You get access to increased feedback about your games when they're demoed. You get several more services that are coming in another month that I can't really talk about right yet. And then beyond that, we have two other levels that add more beyond that. Uh, one of the things we're really excited to start doing uh, very soon is uh, we're going to be doing organized play for games that have kind of that magic-y sort of feel to it where they want to have an organized tournament structure with a championship and so forth we're going to provide that
0: nice one of the things and one of the reasons why i've been interested in keeping track of what you guys are doing besides the fact that we tend to run in fairly parallel circles i think even just glancing through your member list it's like oh yeah i've I've reviewed a game from them. I've interviewed that person. I've had a written interview with that person. I've talked about that person's Kickstarter. So we we travel in some familiar circles, for one. But the other is I've known, I'm going to say conservatively, at least three groups that have attempted to put together some formalized and structured playtest groups that are all no longer around. And I think that was actually how it got brought up on the on-board games segment because I think Donald was saying he wished that there was something in the industry that was more of a formalized playtest group or something like that. And that's when I think I brought you guys up as somebody I was watching right now. So how do you think you're able so far to keep that structure in place and keep it going without the fade that at least three other groups before you ha- have had?
1: Well, you know, for for starters, I generally try not to uh, be scared by the fact that somebody else has uh, not been successful uh, at it before. You know, one day we're going to have a flying car and it's not going to be because everybody else screwed up making a flying car. Where I think we're going to do all right is, first of all, it's not just a bunch of people who we're asking, hey, would you play test this game? Because we want to. We're asking people who, one, are already active demoing. Two, we're reimbursing people when they do it. Uh, they're going to earn free games in addition to the game that they're playtesting. So we've got that going for us. We're not only doing the kind of the first stage of playtesting, but we're also going to handle blind playtesting as well for people later on, where we'll have our guys go into a store at a convention and give the game to people, have them test it, have them play it, and we're going to record their feedback. What's cool about it is that we have, we're going to have it where our studios can write up a questionnaire of whatever they want. And that will be put up in a, in a web format where not only the, the minion doing the playtesting running it, but any players who are involved in the game can offer feedback as well. And we'll then consolidate that feedback into reports that are easy to follow and so forth. Cause it's a lot of multiple choice questions, that sort of thing. So we'll be able to provide kind of some concrete, uh, assistance as far as. Kind of knowing the numbers a little bit. Beyond that, before we do any public playtesting, I have a team of a couple of people that I'm on that goes through the game and kind of looks for areas where we can do something to to kind of help things out. At first, we check over the manuals. Um, I used to do some judging, and it's it's uh, we we look for loopholes. We look for things where you know uh, we had one game where we we found a situation where like two cards played together would just like break the game forever and make you immortal which I might've used a couple times in a demo before I reported it. Cause that was fun. You know, we, like I said, we, we tried to, we, we try to approach it from a quantitative standpoint and a situation where we're reimbursing folks for being involved with it so that they're incentivized to keep doing it. And if at any point somebody doesn't want to play test anymore, well, that's cool because we are adding so many new minions a month that there's someone else ready to take that
0: slot. Two things. I mean, they're, kind of in the vein of what we were just talking about. We've talked about the member or the studios and stuff that you have right now and and your services. If somebody's looking, say they've listened to this and is looking to join, what process do they need to go through to join the Indie Game Alliance?
1: Uh, It's really simple. There's a a web form on IndieGameAlliance.com. They just click join and they fill out a form that's about 15 questions. Most of them are things like your name and your address. And from there they're pretty much you know if you're a tabletop organization uh, we don't do anything with video games unfortunately um but you know if you're a tabletop organization and you have at least one game in a, in a at least a prototype state for the most part we'll accept you you know we don't have any requirement about you have to have sold this many copies or whatever else like that because we try to the idea is that some of the companies that are going to join are going to be big and some of the companies are going to be small and we're going to make them big So we don't uh, we don't have a cutoff for that. So pretty much, yeah, you fill out a web form and uh, you're in. We send you an email and tell you a bunch of stuff, and Bob's
0: your uncle. (laughs) Yeah, and 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 again, looking through the list, uh, it it is all over the board. I mean, it's it's uh, from like tasty menstrual games, which everybody is aware of, to probably some some groups that you didn't know exist or you may have faintly heard of or something like that. I mean, they're they're still growing their product and their foundation. So it is a widespread group that currently belongs, which I think is really cool. On the flip side of that, then, of course, we were just talking about, you know, we've got people listening. Let's say they're all jazzed up because you're talking about demoing and giving them credits and earning free games. What do volunteers do if they want to become minions? Pretty much the same thing. Uh,
1: there's a very similar form that also asks for things like name and address, and they sign up. And then we work with them to find out what kind of games they're interested in, what kind of games they already have, because you know a lot of times they don't. Most of the people who join at this point have at least one alliance game on their shelf and don't necessarily know it. So we kind of help them. Uh, one of the things we're doing with our new website is we've actually integrated with Board Game Geek. So when you join, you just say, "Here's my Board Game Geek ID," and we go through your list with their API and say. Here's the games that we had that you have that are alliance games. Do you want to sign up to demo them now? Kind of thing. So it, uh, you know, because it got to a point where, you know, at first when I designed it, I was like, Oh, we'll just have checkboxes for all the games. And you go on there now and there's like 700 checkboxes and it's like, <laughs> Holy crap. So, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we needed something a little simpler. Uh, we did that and that'll also help us keep it updated so that. You know, people don't have to remember to like log in a board game geek and set their game and then also log into our site and do it. And, you know, we don't want it to be a pain in the butt. We figured everybody uses board game geek and they have an API. So we would just kind of go with the flow there. So, uh, yeah, but yeah it's, it's pretty simple. Usually when uh, when a minion will join, uh, we'll give them access to a big pile of print and plays that we have from uh, from various companies because they're free. And if they want to print those out and use them, great. After that, you know, they go out, they demo a game, they come back to our website, fill out a form that basically says, here's the games I demoed, here's where I was at, and they will earn uh, credits based on the amount of time that they spent demoing and in some cases what game they demoed because we do things like we incentivize Minions more to demo games while they're on Kickstarter. We also incentivize to demo the games for studios that have one of the higher uh, subscription services with us because they help sustain us. So, you know, we do that sort of thing. They get their reward points and then they turn around and go right to the web store and they can use those points just like a gift certificate and pick another game. We ship them the game. When they get there, they demo that and the circle of life continues.
0: How about, you know, you've got a a full breadth of studios to kind of be working with and interacting with right now. How do you manage that? How do you manage? I mean, again, you're talking about and I know you said you do as much as in software as possible, but still. That's a lot of studios to kind of be exchanging things, information with into the minion side as well. So how have you been going about managing all of that with such a small staff right now? Very, very carefully.
1: (laughs) Generally what happens is, With the minions, uh, a lot of times, you know, they get a game and then or they've got a couple of games and then they're going to demo those games because they happen to like them. Um, Like I said, in most cases, you know, we nearly every minion that signs up is like, oh, I have a copy of Boss Monster uh, or a lot of them will have some of the tasty minstrel stuff. Uh, We have a lot of people that have uh, things like dungeon roll and whatnot like that. We have a lot of love for Asmati games. A lot of people have uh, we didn't play test this at all, which is great when you've got like 12 people that want to demo at once. So, you know, we got a lot of that, that sort of thing. And then, you know, also, uh, Ignacy is everybody's got his games. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, yeah, so right. we, P-
0: Portal is part of this too, as well. He, he, he? Yeah.
1: he was actually studio number three. Nice. It was, it was, uh, it was, uh, Brotherwise and then Doug from Meltdown and Ignacy was number three. So that, uh, that was kind of, we were excited because we had kind of a Brotherwise was kind of like the one big hit company. And then we had a guy with lots of hits with Ignacy. And then we had somebody that was just getting started with Doug. And we felt like that kind of defined our bookends and our spectrum a little bit. And then we just kind of filled it in from there.
0: That was a good uh fir- first three poll. That was definitely, you're right. That That is a very good bookend of the entire spectrum of what you're potentially looking to to do as an organization overall.
1: To be honest, when Ignacy joined, we were like, "Holy crap! We can get studios that big. This is awesome." <laughs> so, so that was that was pretty cool. And I, you know, and it was funny. Ignacy's one of the only guys that I was actually uh, a little intimidated about at first. Uh, and then I, I I got to meet him at Gen Con, and he's just a, super cool. And as is just about everyone we have worked with. So that was cool because I was I was like so scared. It was like, "Oh god, this is the big guy. Don't screw it up." And then I talk, you know, and then I talk to him, and, you know, he's possibly even more than us willing to, to reach out and help, you know, folks that are trying to come up behind him, which I respect a lot because he's made it and he doesn't have to do that. And he does. And that kind of thing, and the kind of things that, that Johnny and Chris and Brotherwise do as far as kind of giving people a leg up a little bit. And Doug, too. Um, you know, Doug gave people a lot of advice about, you know, even from the experience he had with his first Kickstarter that didn't go so well. When we first started the alliance, the thing we were the most afraid of was that uh, we were going to have the question of how are you going to get people who compete with each other to cooperate? And what we quickly discovered to our great satisfaction was that people in this industry don't they don't compete. They realize that, you know, that there's room in the industry for everybody and that the analogy that I like to use is that tabletop games aren't like a car. If you buy a car, you're not going to buy another car for several years. But if you're a gamer, you're going to buy a game you like this week and then you're going to buy another game you like next week. So buying Imperial Settlers doesn't mean you're not going to buy, you know, some other game that comes along. You're not, you're not going to go pick up island dice on Kickstarter. You know, it just means you might do that next week instead. There isn't any animosity and stuff, which, which is kind of that kind of validated what we were doing, that we could build a team here as opposed to a service.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's what I love too. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I stick around and and why I'm still doing this is the community aspect of the gaming industry is, is amazing. And like you said, it's very rare. And when it happens, it really does feel like a slap in the face because the majority of the people that you deal with are not that way. It's, it's a very, welcoming community and a very helpful community overall which i absolutely love and and like i said that that's why i stick around <laughs> that's why i do these things that's why i talk, i talk to great people like you well i'll try
1: i try to be great i do the best i can
0: <laughs> you're managing all this communication back and forth and how about prioritizing stuff I, I like i'm assuming like a studio let's say you got like three or four studios that are doing kickstarters roughly about the same time but another Guys, has got a big release. I mean, again, that's that's a bit of a, a juggle factor. Have you had to deal with that much
1: yet? Well, yeah, we have. Uh, one of the things that got us at first uh, wasn't even a, a logistics thing. It was a financial thing. I had decided our, our first Kickstarter that we had as an alliance was uh, Fifth Street Games' uh, Ghost Love Candy.
0: Mm-hmm. Great game. It well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: And so I was I was like, OK, well, it's going to be Alliance policy that whatever a game goes on Kickstarter, we're going to back it for at least the cost of the game. And then I found that we when we grew to the size we were at one point, we had 24 <laughs> games on Kickstarter at once. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to pay my rent if I keep this up. That was a bit of an issue for the most part. I mean, you know, we we're open to being more involved in the Kickstarter process. But usually most of the stuff we do for Kickstarter happens leading up. To the Kickstarter, as opposed to when it actually goes live. Once it goes live, for the most part, we've given what advice we have to give, and then it's just a question of getting the team out there running demos. You know, making sure we're constantly talking about it on social media and trying to get our minions to to keep talking about it on social media. You know, uh, we, we try to try to push it every way that we can. But that kind of stuff is, you know, that that's what we do every day. You know, that's kind of normal to us. It's kind of like asking Walmart, "How do you sell stuff on Christmas?" Well, we sell stuff every other day. It just we saw more of it that day. So, you know, that that's, you know, like I said, we, we try to incentivize our folks to go out and do more demos during the Kickstarter process, which is uh, something we're working on formalizing uh, right now. So man, that pretty much covers it. I mean, we, you know, we just we try to do that. We don't we try not to prioritize because we don't want to get anybody left behind. You know, if I find that the pile is too great, I'll generally grab a minion and be like, guess what? You're promoted this week and here's <laughs> some stuff, you know, and they'll they'll kind of jump on it. But the other great thing is that I don't have to do it all. Because beyond the Alliance team, like I said, a lot of times somebody will have a question and they'll go post it in our little private uh, developer group we have. And before I've even gotten to it to answer it, seven or eight of our other studios have and offered in a lot of cases better advice than I could. And so by the time that it comes for the Alliance to give their advice, I'm just like, yeah, that (laughs) I kind of generally point the, the ship in the right direction. But I'm not the only one rowing. So, you know, that helps a lot.
0: One of the questions that I just remembered it sparked in my head when you had kind of mentioned it, and then we got on a roll and a couple other things, and now it's back, Azee! which is pretty much, unfortunately, how my mind works sometimes, and and to to uh, my detriment at times, and and maybe helpful at others, I don't know yet. But, but before I forget it again, <laughs> you know, you,
1: damn, there it went. Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> You had mentioned earlier, you know, you were talking about the minions and, and some of the volunteers and some of the things that they've done. And one of the things you had mentioned is, you know, sometimes they do reviews, sometimes they do this. Is that relationship something that you're potentially looking to build, like, work with more reviewers and stuff like that, or like, say more like podcasts? I mean, you know, you know what I mean? The the more of them, maybe some additional marketing side of things, or is it just kind of luck of the minions maybe now, but is it something that you're potentially looking for in the future?
1: We are absolutely looking to expand that as much as we possibly can. You know, we try to have as as many different reviewers as we can. Uh, We try to get reviewers that have a pretty decent uh, following, and you know, folks like you have a pretty decent following. So, you know, the the more the more that we can get mentions and i don't even really care as much that people mention the alliance because i'm not in this to get famous but the more that i can get studios mentioned on podcasts on reviews things like that now what we've tried to do with some of our minions is we have some folks and unfortunately none of the super big guys we don't have like undead viking or uh you know tom Bassell or those kinds of guys you, you, um, you
0: don't want lance
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh Some of our minions have started YouTube channels, and while they don't have as much viewership, it doesn't get as much of a uh, a kind of a wide hit. But a lot of times on a Kickstarter, people are looking for three, four reviews that they can embed on the Kickstarter page. And in that case, they're not really looking for the kind of viewership as much as they are just kind of different perspectives on the game. And what a lot of times happens for our members is they've only got five copies to to get reviewed and they can't afford to get more done because prototyping is so expensive. So what they're afraid of is, well, I'm going to go send a copy to, you know, some famous reviewer and he's going to review the game and then it's going to sit on their shelf and no one's ever going to touch it again. And that's money that I've lost. So what our guys do, it's a little different, is our minions will do a review, but then they're also demo reps. So if you send a copy to one of our minions to get reviewed, you'll get your review and then they'll take that same copy and go to their friendly local game store or their convention that they run and run some demos of that. One of our reviewers is a guy named Jacob Kuhn who did some demos for us at Essen this year, which was super cool. We get to, you know, the, the copies kind of do, do double duty a little bit. Hopefully we'll build their review their viewership up to the point that, uh, you know, we can do both of that. I think. Probably one of our biggest ones now. Uh Geeked Up Gaming works with us who uh we love those guys. Ed Baroff has been doing some uh some reviews for us as well. We also support uh his game Liftoff. We have a lot of minions that uh, we actually I think we have ten now. Minions that are studios too. Nice. You know, they kinda wear both hats, which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, I was just kinda curious because you had you had mentioned it kind of in passing while we were talking about the the minions and, and that got me thinking about whether that was something you were potentially looking to kind of build out more yeah. in the long-term plan.
1: Yeah, I mean, long-term, short-term, anything we can do to get the names of our member studios and our member games on more people's lips, the happier we are.
0: So I've got at least two more things I want to make sure we cover before anything ends here. And then if we've got time, we can talk about some other things. Well, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll let you talk to my fiance about how much time I spent in the recording studio down in the compound. In the compound? What are you, Hydra? This is yeah. yeah, See this that that's how we know you don't listen. If you don't know that this is the geek compound, then then you're not a regular listener. I just never had a chance to pick on you about it before. So. You kind of are. You you mentioned that you've got some things in the works that you're not ready to talk about, and I can respect that, even though you know you came on my show and you won't give me exclusives. Whatever.
1: In all in all <laughs> fairness, in all fairness, I was fully prepared to tell you everything at Gen Con last year, and all that oh. stuff is out now. I've dropped a few things I haven't mentioned before.
0: <laughs> no, I, I I just in a in a general sense, and if we've already, if you if you're like yeah the some of the things i've already talked about is, is it that's fine but in a general sense because you have grown so much in the time that you've been around and you've gone through you know great successes and some growing pains like you said but do you let, let's you know looking at 2015 here we're we're into a new year what is your overarching plan for indie game alliance for 2015 that you can share
1: Well, I mean, I can share most of it. One of the things we're we're trying to do is when we started this, you know, I had a little bit of experience from the the place I was volunteering before and some of our first minions. I got to give a hat tip to uh, Ken Grazier of uh, geekcraft.com, who was one of our very first minions and has kind of taught me a lot about how this this business works. You know, we've learned a lot. Like you said, there have been a lot of growing pains. And so a lot of what we did kind of by the seat of our pants in 2014. We're trying to kind of take what we've learned and put it into kind of a more formalized plan in 2015 where, we're, you know, more things are automated, more things are, you know, we're, we're starting to build something along the lines of an FAQ because we've gotten to a point that we have some cues that have been FA'd. We're doing that sort of thing. As far as our goals uh, beyond that, the big one is I am I'm working on a new website for the Alliance. Uh, the one that we have was thrown up very quickly and I'm not real proud of it. So I'm um, trying to get that cleaned up. We are getting all of our, uh, we've actually just getting ready to announce a new pricing plan for doing convention support where we, that's what an area where we really want to grow this year is getting people at conventions, getting games at conventions and actually starting to get vendor booths where we can kind of sell demo and kind of do the the whole package there. So that's a big one. We want to get our distribution thing going and we want to keep recruiting. Uh, you know, we definitely want to keep, uh, keep new studios coming in. We definitely want to keep uh new minions coming in because we can never have too many of them. And you know, that's, that's basically it. We, uh, just like I said, trying to just make things more efficient so we can handle more people because we know they're coming and we can't wait to meet them.
0: Excellent. Yes. And, uh, you know, you, like I said, you've, grown leaps and bounds already and and obviously uh there's there's no stopping that here coming into the year
1: you know we've, we've definitely been growing by leaps and bounds the problem is about half of my leaps i've landed on my face so um <laughs> you know we're we're trying to minimize that as much as we can
0: one of the things we want to make sure we cover is the fact that you are working with so many studios and some of those studios are either on or getting ready to be on kickstarter so Uh, Let's definitely talk about some of the projects that you've had a hand in helping to market and come and, and help bring into the Kickstarter realm for some of these studios as well.
1: So you want to talk about ones that are over or ones that are upcoming, or where what what are we going here?
0: I was thinking more of things that we have coming up, but if you want to talk about some some things that you've already been involved with, I'm game for that as well.
1: You know, I I'm okay with focusing on the future. There you go. You know, we have we have a couple of games that uh, that are getting ready to come up. Uh, I don't have exact dates on all of them, but folks that are, that we're uh, kind of helping with the ramp up process right now, uh, we're working with uh, Keep Games on a title called Labyrinthius which is uh, hopefully going to be coming up soon. Uh, we've got some reviews of that getting ready to go up. We have a game, uh, hopefully coming to Kickstarter soon, called Smart Green Heroes, which is the first game done by a group called Smart Game Systems. And what's neat about it is that company actually makes board games to train in corporate environments. And what they found is that the people that uh, they were selling those games to uh, actually found them, so much fun as part of the training process that they decided to sell them as board games. So that's pretty cool. And we also have a couple of uh, of uh studios that are getting ready to relaunch after falling, like, just short the last time. The biggest one of those is coming January 20th, so hopefully this gets out by then. It's uh, Jason Go of Casual Dragon Games, who's also one of our minions, and his title is called Island Dice. I really want to kind of talk about this one for a second because it's sure. really... It's, I mean, it, it's just a really slick game.
0: By the way, thanks for not pressuring me on when I have to have this out. <laughs> oh, okay. no,
1: nope, no problem. I mean, you know, the, the Kickstarter will go for thirty days, so you've got you've got a little time.
0: But uh, yeah, okay. You know, what, so Island Ice, let's. Uh, and I yes. do remember when this was on the first time. So give it to me
1: when, when it came up the last time. He, I mean, they hit ninety-one percent. I mean, it's it, 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 my heart broke for the guy. This game, you get. I mean, the amount of components you get is just ridiculous. I mean, the the prototypes you sent me came in like a tackle box because it was just <laughs> so much stuff. There's, I think there's like 18 custom dice. There's ton. There's like all kinds of hexes, whatever. And it's it's such a. There's so much going on in that game. In that it's you hear island dice and you think it's all luck, but it's not because like all the dice are well, nearly all the dice are custom. And so there's a lot of there's strategy in picking the dice you want because. You know, some dice have kind of higher risk, higher reward sort of thing. You deal with the strategy aspect and then you roll. So it's misleading that you think, oh, it's all it's all luck. It's not. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, they actually were demoing that at uh, Gen Con at our table for quite a while. And we were getting to a point that we were sitting there with our pile of games. We were kind of tapping our foot like, hey, are you going to let anybody come play these. <laughs> you know, I was sitting there with uh, with. Isaac with uh Chronosphere and uh several other games and uh we got to a point we started throwing stuff at him. We're like, hey, you know, just give us give us uh give us a minute here. So uh definitely check that out. Uh like I said, it'll be up January twentieth, and uh it's a great game. It's made by a great guy.
0: And you've got uh I I see on your calendar Horrible Hex.
1: Yep. Uh, We got those we got those guys coming up. We actually have uh uh Pixel Tactics Deluxe is still up for another week. it probably won't be up by the time that this airs, but uh they are uh they're kicking butt as well as level ninety nine is kind of prone to do
0: yep and I, I mentioned horrible hex because I know we'll be doing a review a video review for that one an initial video and uh also the one that I believe has Luton recruit Luton recruit has launched right uh, or is know, about they, to launch
1: I would just say if they have they haven't told me
0: yeah i think it, I think it's about to launch. because this is I think loot and recruit is one that I said I would do mid campaign. So, I'm just looking at your schedule real quick. I'm like, oh, there's two off the top of my head right there. I'm doing initial impression well, videos for.
1: If you're looking at the website, that in the coming soon section, right. which it looks like you are, that doesn't necessarily mean Kickstarters because, like, Gothic Doctor and Outlaws are both done already.
0: Right, right.
1: So. But I do not- know
0: Loot and Recruit and. Uh, yeah hard, I know horrible coming, hexes but they had
1: or, yep. yeah loton recruits coming they haven't given me a date yet but uh, I will tell you we uh, we ran some demos of that they're they're a local company to us uh, they're they're in Orlando which is about an hour away and uh, we did some demos for them uh, in a couple of different places we, that was one of the games that we actually sent to uh, Essen and I ran some demos of it personally here at a local con called uh, ShadowCon, and we couldn't get people off of it there was a line. And that's with, I mean, that's with copies of Boss Monster on the table. Everybody wanted to play Loot and Recruit. So I don't have the exact data when that comes out yet, but search it often. Uh, and when it does come out, uh, definitely pick yourself up a copy of that. It's by a, a group called Swarm of Dice. Yeah. And I know the uh, the principal behind that just had to move to a different state. So he's uh, he's been in Kamu for the last week or so, which is probably why I don't have a date.
0: I know they're sending me a new copy before I do my review. Yeah, they made some minor changes or something, but I know it's coming soon because I know we are on board for a video here. Well, let me put it to
1: you this way. I would I would do a review of it or or have send it to somebody else. But uh, I sent my copy to a minion to uh, to run some demos and he emailed me and informed me I wasn't getting it back (laughs) because he wanted it. So I've uh, I've been poking them about another copy. So here I'll publicly do it. Hey, send me another copy, guys. (laughs) So there you go.
0: We seem to work in fairly familiar circles yeah Uh, we we kind of just float by each other sometimes
1: (laughs) yeah um we also i think in uh q1 at some point coming up here there's another expansion for uh legends and lies coming out from uh shoot again games i know they just did uh mysterious locations but they've got uh, they've got two they've got working on now and then they're also working on a new title called looting atlantis that uh i haven't i haven't gotten to play that one yet but it looks really really good from what i've seen so definitely want to check that out
0: well i know it doesn't seem like it but uh we're coming close to the end of the hour already well you know i that i don't shut up that happens <laughs> Before we do wrap all this up, though, is there anything that you want to make sure we cover as far as the Indie Game Alliance or uh, any other projects before we kind of do the final wrap up? You know, the
1: biggest thing was that I wanted to to kind of get a chance to to kind of tip my hat to uh, some of those folks that are getting ready to come up on Kickstarter and uh, some of the folks that have been of a huge help to us uh, getting started. All of our minions, you know, hopefully you're all listening, and uh, I want to say thank you to all of you for everything you do. You know, you guys, there wouldn't be a team without you guys. And uh, we love you all. And the same goes for all of our studios. You know, uh, we know that, you know, as somebody who's who's designed games before, I know what a labor of love this is. And for anybody to take some guy that you met on the Internet and his group of friends and trust us with the with the reputation of your game, in some cases with the design of your game. I don't know that I adequately say in words how much that means to us that that how honored we are with that. It's it's it feels a little bit like, you know, I know it feels right up there like with letting somebody date your daughter. And it just uh, I continue to be humbled by the fact that people are willing to let us be involved in in helping them make their dreams come true and trusting us not to muck it up. And uh, I, I can't I can't even begin to say how incredible that makes me feel, and how how heavily that responsibility weighs on me. That you know that I take that seriously because I know what it means to, to all of you, and uh, I want to thank everybody for being a part of that.
0: Well, Matt, that's awesome, and uh, a lot of what you say I I've enjoyed hearing because some of it pretty much echoes a lot of the things that I think and and the way I feel. One thing I I do want to say is, you know, there are a lot of minions out there. There are a lot of studios out there, man, but they don't get to come together without that focal point that you've provided. So I know you like the attention to be more on the minions and more on the studios, but brother, you've put together a very valuable service and you've come off showing that you're all about the community and that shows by the number of studios that are willing to join you, the number of minions that are willing to come on and help make this happen from you providing that focal point, dude. And, and it's amazing. And I'm glad that we've kind of, you know, we, we talk virtually off and on here and there online. I'm glad we finally got to sit down and have this conversation because, uh, it's, it's definitely something, like I said, I, I've been watching you guys for a while. I've been recommending you guys and, and talking you up off and on. Obviously, you've heard Doug and I talk about you off and on, and uh, I I think it's an, an awesome thing that you're bringing to the community, brother. So thanks for what you do.
1: Well, and you know, and the thing is, that I I couldn't have been successful doing it if if the sentiment wasn't already there. I mean, there was all there's already the sense that everybody wants to help everybody. There's there's definitely you know, a sense across the community that it is one community and it is one team. And I find that a lot of times when you get a bunch of people together, everybody wants to do the right thing, you know, wants to do something similar. And it just takes somebody just saying, "Okay, well, let's do it. And, you know, I feel like all I did was was kind of give people the a framework by which they could do what was kind of already in their hearts to do. You know, and along the way, if I can give some people some advice and if I can uh if I can help some people get where they're going, you know, then I feel good about that. You know, I've been wanting to design games for a long time. I'm uh, actually working on my first prototype now.
0: Oh, there it is. The truth comes out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it has nothing. It has nothing to do with that. Uh No, I've, I It doesn't even have a name yet. You know, but but the point is that I, you know, be, because that's a dream that I've chased for a long time. I know how it feels and I know how. Much it hurts when you are trying to do it and you just keep running into roadblocks like, you know, I can't afford an artist or I can't get enough people to play test it who aren't my mom and are going to tell me it's great even if it's not. And, you know, and I don't, you know, I can't afford to go travel to Gen Con and, and Dragon Con and BGG Con and Dice Tower Con and all this other stuff. And, you know, I, to that feeling that you've got this incredible thing and you just can't get anybody to hear you. You know, I feel like all I've done is taken a bunch of voices who were already talking and just got them, you know, reading the same script. You know, if that helps some people, then I think that's wonderful.
0: Yeah. Well, like I said, it, it does take that focal point. So uh, you you may not think that, that it's it's that big a deal and that everybody was already circling around the idea. But it, it does take the focal point, my friend, and, and you provided it. So that is awesome. And again, thanks for coming out and having this conversation with me, man. I know it's been a long time coming. I know we were scheduled to do one way back when and things got goofy, but I'm glad we finally got this one on the books, my friend.
1: You know, so am I, you know, I've always respected kind of, you know, with you and and the work that you've done and it would be easy for, you know, a, some sort of a podcaster or anything like that to focus on the biggest names and the biggest and I, and I mean don't get me wrong I mean you know like I said we deal with Tasty Minstrel we deal with you know some large guys too and we don't begrudge them that but it would be easy for you to just focus on the big stuff in order to kind of preach to the choir and get the most listeners and the fact that you take the time to go and speak to you know guys like Doug that are just getting started and and things like that. That told me that we were kindred spirits, too, and it was something that we needed to talk to. So, yeah, I mean, I I really appreciate getting to come on. Um, I feel like I have my crap together a lot better now than I would have if we had talked in August. You know, and, uh, you know, let's do this again sometime, man, because, you know, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot changing. There's a lot going on. This is the first month we haven't had like a dozen or more Kickstarters just because nobody wants to run one around Christmas time. You know, so we've always got something new to talk about. We've always got new members to advocate. Uh, I apologize to the 120 some members that I didn't mention tonight. Uh, I love you all. You know, yeah, man, it was great.
0: All right, so everybody listening, thanks for hanging out with us. As always, check the show notes. I'll have the link to Indie Game Alliance in there, but of course, it is indiegamealliance.com. Similar on Twitter and Facebook, I would assume. Matt, go for it. It's Indie Game Alliance
1: on Twitter, and it didn't fit on or on Facebook. Excuse me, it didn't fit on Twitter, so we're Indie Game Allies.
0: There you go. So uh, definitely look for them. And, of course, uh, over on his website, you can find those links to his social media as well. And they'll be in the show notes. So, again, uh, we got to talk to Matt from Indie Game Alliance and all of the wonderful things that he's bringing to the table for the indie game designer and publisher and and uh, all of those wonderful resources he's providing. Go check it out. And, of course, I will be back soon with more interviews for you to listen to. Thanks for listening. Thank you for checking out a United Geeks Network family member. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to UnitedGeeksNetwork.com where you will find Rolling Dice and Taking Names, a podcast by guys who have a passion for tabletop games and happen to have mics. They discuss all forms of tabletop gaming from board games to miniatures to RPGs. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com.